This is the Perfectly Mentored Podcast with your host, Jason Portnoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Perfectly Mentored. I'm your host, Jason Portnoy, and we are back with the Ask Jason Live show, where I feel that questions from people live, you're not going to want to miss this one. Check it out. Welcome to the Ask Jason show, where we go live every week answering your questions around business and marketing or anything else you want to ask Jason. And for those of you who don't know Jason, he is the founder of Jport Media, an online ad agency which helps scale our clients to seven figures and beyond. He also created the Market Domination Method and teaches it in his private coaching program. All right, ready to go? Let's do it. All right. Our first question is from Gio. Gio asks, I have a local restaurant. What type of content should I make and what type of ads should I be doing? First, I love that a local business is interested in a running ads online. A lot of local businesses just claim they don't have the budget and don't want to do it. And that he wants to make content or she wants to make content. I forget the name of the person, but they want to make content, which I think is amazing. So what type of content? Tell the story of your restaurant. Why'd you start? Is it a family business? Is it, do you have re family recipes that have been around for a hundred years and passed on from parent to kid to kid to kid? And you're like, now like the great grandchild of the most famous, like whatever it is, tell that story. If you don't have it, if you're like, no, I just opened up a fast food place. This is what, I, why'd you do that? Talk about a little bit about that. Talk about what are the benefits of coming to eat at your restaurant or your establishment versus any other place. They did say they own a restaurant, right? Yeah. Okay. You didn't imagine that. It's a local restaurant. Okay, good. Oh, there we go. And then just put content around that. Talk about the recipe. Talk about the food. Talk about, I would make every single person who works there a character on that channel or that Instagram. Talk about the chef. Talk about the hostess. Talk about the bartender who's been there for five years. And, and just tell that story. People want to feel a part of something. They're like, oh man. And I think a lot of people just think they have a restaurant. We're just like everyone else. I have a coffee shop. It's the same thing as every other coffee shop. No, a lot of them aren't telling them why they're special. So if you make pizza the same way everyone else makes pizza, well, talk about how you make the pizza, that you get the crust and you do that because no one else is talking about those things, which means even if everyone else is doing them and they're not talking about it, you still look better than everyone else. That's content. In terms of ads, I would run something like almost free. You could target people on social media, especially on Facebook and Instagram with if they have a birthday in them with cake, free cake on your birthday. That's a loss leader. Come in, free cake on your birthday. Show this. If it's your birthday, come on in. We'll take care of you and we'll give you free dessert on your birthday for the entire table. Free dessert for you. That costs you absolutely nothing because they'll order a meal or you have a free drink on your birthday. Whatever it is, those are loss leaders compared to people coming in, then feeling good and then coming back and coming from you. It goes back to the lifetime value that we've always talked about on the show. That's one way to do it. I'd put your offers in there of this will be the best meal you've had in, in the last five years or your money back, right? Mm -hmm. you, if you believe you are the best food out there, give. don't be afraid to put that guarantee. Not many people are going to take you up on that and the ones that do, the ones that do. But but yeah, that's the type of ads, that's the type of content I would, I'd probably start off with. And the truth is you don't even need a lot of money for that type of ad spend because you're probably only marketing people within like five to 10 mile radius anyways because no one's driving 50 miles to get to your restaurant. Okay. We have a question from Celine. How are we able to have a good business? It's a broad question. Very broad question. <laughs> By providing a great service, having a great product, and making sales. Broad questions get broad answers. <laughs> 
Those are the basics, though. Yeah. Okay. All right. We've got a question from Jerry. I'm looking to start a marketing agency. What's my first step? And any advice is appreciated. So my first thing is, why do you want to start a marketing agency? You know, what's the full question? I'm looking to start a marketing agency. What's the first step? And any advice is appreciated. So the first question is, why do you want to start it? Because I do think a lot of people started thinking it's easy. Like, oh, cool. I'll just, I understand. I post on Instagram. I post on Facebook. I could do this for other people and I could take their money and whatnot. I'm notorious for coming out and saying how much I hate this industry and how polluted it's become snakes and whatnot. And it has nothing to do with competition. Bring on as many good agencies and good people as possible to help. There's plenty of businesses to go around. So it's not an issue of that. It's more in, out of integrity. So I think you ask yourself why you want to start it. Are you really good at it? And if you are really good at it, then go get someone to give you a shot at it and show that you could do it. Before I ever took a cent from a client, I spent a ton of my own money on myself figuring out what not to do. I had case studies on myself, but at least I have money behind me and experience behind me. I ran my own brand. If I was going to start a marketing agency from scratch and I had nothing and I was just like, hey, I'm going to start a marketing agency. I would go to those local businesses that are just that we just talked about in question one. And I would go sit there and say, hey, look, I'm passionate about doing this. I think I could drive people in. I think I could do all this. I want to work with you for free for a month and see if I could go and see if we could have a go at it and see if. I could actually help drive it. If I am, then I should be paid based off of what I bring in and slowly build up your reputation, right? Because everyone's going to ask you, who else do you work for? And if you have no answers, don't do it. Go intern for a marketing agency. I know we're always open to hearing if good people want to, want to come and spend time with us. Go intern and learn. And if you're good, be part of them, learn, go on the client side, play around a little bit, and then go on your own and try it. You could go and sit there and say, if you have money behind you, I would go in and sit there and say, well, look, we'll cover all the ad spend. We just want a piece of the revenue we drive in, but we'll take care of the ad spend and we'll take care of all that to show that we're good at what we do before we ever take a retainer from you. Yeah. So I think if you're going to just jump in there and sit there and say, how do I charge $10,000? You can't, you shouldn't, you can, but it's highly unethical. And I don't think you should. We didn't start with our fees. The, the fees that we have now for the agency were not the fees we had when we first started the agency. So I take that into consideration. Ask yourself why you want to start it. Are you really good at it? Can you get results for people? If so, put your money where your mouth is. Perfect. Okay. All right. Who has the best personal brand? If there's a good example to follow. And this is from Carrie. Oh, hands down. The Rock. If, <laughs> like, If you want to build a personal brand, like, just look what The Rock is doing. The guy is vulnerable when he needs to be vulnerable on social media. You've seen him cry. You've seen him be a loving dad to his kids. You've seen him funny side. You've seen him be with the fans. He showcases every side, every human element of him, whether it's scripted or not. I'm not debating this, whether his team sits there and says, go cry. I, I personally think he's pretty authentic, but whether it's all done, whatever it is, that's a winning formula. Everyone loves The Rock. I don't know anyone who doesn't like The Rock. You mean not like his movies. You mean not like this, but... It's just a magnetic personality, charisma, and it's because you feel like you know him. That's the most important part of a personal brand is you feel like you know the person. And The Rock, when you see every, when someone just comes on and they're just like, straight, check out my movie, check out my movie, or this is that, or the, and they don't show the kids running into their bedroom with them. They're showing their business side. They're showing their playful side. They're showing their vulnerable side. When they cry, they're showing their stories. They're masterful storytellers. You feel like you know them. When you feel like you know someone, 
you're instantly drawn to them. Yeah, I think that's a great example. Okay, next question from Carl. How do you know if making the decision to do something in business is the right move? I have investments to make, but not sure what to do. You could look at three three questions, right? What do you have to gain from making that investment or making that decision or doing it? What's the downside? Because not everything has an upside. There's always a downside to everything, right? The people who always think there's an upside are the people who lose the money when they invest it, right? Oh, there's, I can't lose. So what's the upside? What's the downside? And can you live with that downside? If the upside's great and there is a downside and you understand what the downside is and you're willing to live with the downside, 100% go do it. If you're not willing to live with the downside, if it's the downside is we have to sell our house, got to pull the kids out of school. We got to remortgage the house. We're going to be in debt for the next 50 years. I don't know if I could live with that because we're already in major debt. Then you don't do it. And that sounds super obvious, but there's so many people who put way too much into a business without testing, without doing a lot of things. And they put a lot of things in jeopardy because they think business is easy. And I got the winning idea. That's it. So again, upside, downside, and can you live with the downside? Okay. Why does everyone say post multiple times per day? Seems overkill and hard from Bev. Seems hard. Because it is hard, uh-huh. right? It, it's not hard to actually do the posting. It's hard to come up with the content to post four or five times a day. I think we produce a lot of content and I still don't post five times a day. I think we're average like around two or three. Should be more. Should be five or six. There is no limit to the type of content you put out there. I think it's really more of a, the saying is, what's the right time to like for a movie? Is it one hour or five hours? If it's the most entertaining movie in the world, You'll watch it for five hours. I'm sure we've all left movies that were like, wow, they could have made that longer. And I would have watched that like that. That was incredible. I want to watch more. I want to do more. And then we've watched movies that were like an hour that were like, you wanted to walk out after 15 minutes. (laughs) So it's the quality that you put out. And the difference is, so why do people post multiple times is one, the algorithm is not going to show every single piece of content to every single person. And number two is it gives you the best opportunity to find out what content wins. So if you post one and then one the next day and then one the next day and one the next day, it's a longer time to get the feedback of, is this message resonating? Is this the right type of content? Is this working? And if you put out multiple, you have a better chance of landing, right? If I spray fire, I have a better chance of hitting something. And then over time, you start realizing what's hitting and then you make that content and you post that type of content four times a day, right? So it's never stopped. You never dial back and be like, okay, now I know what's hitting. I'm going to dial back to one per day. You always keep at the level you're at, but you got to figure out what works and what doesn't. The only way to do that is to put multiple out there, but it is hard. You're right. And I think the hardest part has nothing to do necessarily with the content. Being entertaining and putting out content is hard, but the hardest part is what if no one likes it? What if I only get one? What if I get no likes? What if I do this, right? If I put out four pieces of content, but that's a vanity that's on you. We've talked about that in the past. And I think if you're only getting one, put out more content to figure out what gets more likes and then produce more content like that. Yeah. I never thought of it as posting multiple times a day. That is like a test to see what's working. I never thought about it like that. Okay. All right. Sangamesh says, hi. Hi. How are Hello. you? All right. Let's see if we have any more questions. I think that's it, but I do have a question again this week. This is going to be the theme. I want this on every episode that Megan, we can't end without a question from you. I came prepared. Not too complex, I don't think. Mm. So, all right. What was the biggest challenge you encountered when you first started your agency? Oh, that's a good one. Thank you. (laughs) Did come prepared. I could say getting clients. I could say all that. But the truth is, if you know the right way to do it, that's not the hardest part. Are you still with me? Yeah. All right. Are you with us? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. you froze for a minute. Yeah, I got this like whole like black spinning circle for a second. The yeah. hardest part is really, can I actually deliver? Am I good enough to do what I'm saying I'm doing? That was the hardest part in, in starting the agency and the steps of being like, okay, I think I'm good at it. I got it. But now can I actually get results? The hard work isn't landing a client. The hard work begins after the contract signed. I've always believed that. I've always believed that's when the real hard work comes because anyone could convince someone to give them money. But can I actually deliver on what I'm telling you? I think I can. I think I could do. And can we both sleep at night? Because anyone who knows me, reputation is the most important thing to me. It's why we don't take on every client. It's why we say no to a lot of clients. It's why we do things. So the hardest part was like getting over that fear of being like, okay, can I do this? Am I capable of doing this? Where do I rank compared to other people? I'm playing that comparison mode. Like why me versus them? Getting over that has was probably the hardest part. Okay. Imposter syndrome? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think imposter syndrome is the biggest holdback for a lot of people. At any point, I think imposter syndrome leads to people. It's a weird thing. We could talk about this another time. And I'm slowly starting to see this more, especially with the coaching program and starting to see that, that this is a thing. I'm noticing it, but I haven't really put like a lot of thought into articulating it really is people like to self-sabotage themselves. It's a very weird thing in business that people who have success or a certain level of success and they're trying to get to the next level, they find ways to like, it, it's almost like they're not ready for success or they don't think they deserve the success. So in, in turn, they start self-sabotaging themselves. And that doesn't mean like they do stupid things. It just means like, they won't put out content or they're lazy or they won't do marketing or they're in, they're living in a fear of abundance versus they're in a scarcity mindset. Sorry, scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. So they do a lot of things that, that hinder their growth and they don't realize they're doing it. Okay, perfect. All right. I think that's all we got today. Short and sweet. Back next week. Same time, <laughs> same places. If you have any questions, put them in the comments below. Head on over to jportnoy.com. Thanks, Megan. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for your attention. And if you made it this far, you're clearly someone who wants to take their business to the next level. And I understand that being an entrepreneur, it's a lonely place. It could be a lonely journey, which is why being part of a thriving community of like-minded people is just super important, as is the ability to instantly get answers to the questions you have in order to scale and grow your business. It's why I launched the Market Domination Coaching Group, and it's we are open for invitations right now to join. So to request an invitation and book a free diagnostic consultation, let's call it a game plan call, head on over to marketdominationcoaching.com. It's where I will jump on a call with you and show you at least three ways you could possibly grow your business. Whether we work together or not, we'll still do this. Uh, it's going to be the best business decision you'll make uh, today. Uh, so speak soon. Head on over to marketdominationcoaching.com. Book your free game plan call and I'll speak to you soon. Mm -hmm.